are we testing right now? We're testing right so now. So we're talking. We're talking. Talk. We're testing and we're talking. Talk. Talkity talk. So nice to be here on the Hoof and Horn podcast. Why? Yay. Who's <laughs> the hoof and who's the horn? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Hoof and Horn, a pagan podcast with T-Rex and Braxis Mudai, where we talk about witchcraft, paganism, music, the occult, and whatever else we want. Welcome to the Hoof and Horn podcast, where in this episode we chat with Elizabeth Labarca, High Priestess of Novices of the Old Ways, Connecticut, about leaning into our magical and spiritual practices in times of crisis. We'll hear music by Sharon Knight, and at the end, we have a special treat for those of us who like a Viking story. Trust me, you're going to love it. triple face whose voice does rise on the lilt of grace whose blossoms beautiful ever bloom on the wings of poetry's sweet perfume Hail Bridget of the triple face whose voice does rise on the lilt of grace Whose blossoms beautiful ever bloom On the wings of poetry's sweet perfume Hail Bridget of the triple face Whose voice does rise on the lilt of grace Whose blossoms beautiful ever bloom On the wings of poetry's sweet perfume Hail Bridget of the triple face Whose voice does rise on the lilt of grace Whose blossoms beautiful ever bloom On the wings of poetry's sweet perfume Hail Bridget of the triple face Whose voice does rise on the lilt of grace Whose blossoms beautiful ever bloom On the wings of poetry's sweet perfume
Hello, Braxis. Hello, T-Rex. How are you during this quarantine, lockdown, apocalyptic situation? Um, I'm better than I was the first week, I think. There was a lot of scrambling and figuring out what to do with my mamas and business. But I was thinking about it yesterday, actually, how the brain is so interesting, you know? how you're you're just how you are resilient like your brain can be very resilient and i know it's not the case for everybody i'm not saying that everybody will be able to suck it up and adapt but the adaptability of of human beings i think is kind of interesting um and that's what I just the process that I feel myself going through. And, you know, not that this is, you know, the walking dead by any means, but I think about, unfortunately, we know, all wanted zombies. I, I know we didn't get zombies we and I would have been really good with a katana. Like I really thought I could, I could Michonne this thing like a motherfucker, but could you imagine having to like wrap your brain around the fact that you're going to have to stab everybody in the in the brain stem when they die? Like at least we're not there. You'd adapt. You know, we're not there. You adapt. they adapted. That's <laughs> fucked up, but they adapted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make do is another word for that. Right? So, until we have to stab people in the brain stem where they die, we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. How are you? Okay. Um trying to do stuff to Keep busy and not freak out. Mm-hmm. A lot of playing the drums. A lot of a lot of D and D. D and D has definitely helped me through this. Uh, it sucks to play it through Zoom or whatever it is, you know. Um, just because the audio and visuals and all that stuff, you want to be in the room and you want stuff to be in front of you. But making do, as you say, adapting. So mm-hmm. it's it's better than nothing and. Uh, I think it's helping me keep my sanitai, which is good. Yeah. I've been thinking about, earlier today, I read an article um, about, he, he lives in New York City, and he was talking about, like, yes, he misses his friends, but he misses strangers more. And I can totally identify with that. Who's he? The, the writer of the article. Oh, okay. Um, he's actually somebody, I think, that, uh, Tom shared it. Oh, right. And he worked with him but didn't know him very well and whatever. And I could I could totally identify with the missing of strangers. I feel like having, you know, lived in New York during 9-11, one of the... It was, it was weird. It was like that day, it was get as far away as possible. But then the next day and the day after that and the days after that, it was more like you needed to be amongst people and it really and it wasn't even necessarily people i knew you know and i felt like i watched other new yorkers do the same thing like everyone just go to the restaurant because we're sitting around other people and you were together even though you didn't know those people and who they were and that was comforting and felt good you know my 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 best friend lived there and and you know, Scott's best friend lived there and it was like, that was one thing, but it, it wasn't just them to go, to go back in there to be around. It was to be around people. And as much as we, you know, like, I like people better than, an- or I hate people and I like animals better kind of thing. It's, we're actually pack animals and we do need people. Human connection. Even you know? the robots, <laughs> even the robots huddle in the corner together. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, they do. Yeah, for that's like from iRobot with Will Smith, who was oh. I hate, but oh. just actor-wise, I I hate. But uh, in the, in that, they make these robots, and they end up, you know, putting them in these storage containers. And when they open the door, they're all huddled back in the corner together. Oh, know, so, yeah. okay. Human connection, man. Yeah, it's important. So, I think people will take. Maybe, like, hopefully people will stop taking each other for granted and be a little bit nicer, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, we have a guest today. Yay! This is, like, the lockdown slash witches in the trenches segment mashed together. Quarantino. Right? right? Um, <laughs> Quarantino? Yeah. As in Quentin? Tarantino? No. As in just, <laughs> just being quarantined. Okay. <laughs> She's already laughing over on her end. She's trying so hard not to, like, guffaw laugh, but let's bring her in. Elizabeth LaBarca. I already say, I always say your name wrong. LaBarca. Elizabeth LaBarca. La you said it right. I know I did. You said it the way my family would say it. LaBarca. Really? I know. Okay, so that's good. And on Long Island. From, yes. So, Lizzie, my love, my sister from another mister. Nice. Um, right. Well, Elizabeth Lizzie is another uh, novices of the old ways high priestess. She's a priestess of Bridget. There she is. Um, and leads the Well and Forge coven in Connecticut. And we both uh, stemmed out of the Lunar Temple that was in New York City together. But over the years, Lizzie and I have come to realize that we have family that lived on the same street in Little Italy in the beginning of the 1900s. So our, like, grandmothers and stuff, great-grandmothers, I guess, they probably have been paisans. It makes us family. That's that's how I look at it. That's how it is. Now we're related. Yeah. I mean, if you're from usually like where with my family in Sicily, if anybody's also from Palermo, it's like, okay, well, we're family. Right, right. You know? That's just how it is. Yep. So Lizzie <laughs> is the Sicilian uh, novice, um, the Bares, but it's both Southern Italian, so you know. Yeah, we're all, we're all family, right. is all I'm saying. So, but it's like what you were saying before, um, just the need for that togetherness. Even if you're an introvert, um, I'm also a massage therapist. I've been doing uh, massage therapy for about 20 years. And there is a thing that we call skin hunger that is one of the reasons why I go to see a lot of older people in retirement homes or nursing facilities because they don't have people around them that have that nurturing touch. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of that goes into what we're seeing now, like where we're starting to get a little bit stir crazy, even for strangers. And I could really feel that part when you were speaking, like right after 9-11. We just, I remember how good I felt, how proud I was to see so many people at Central Park. Mm-hmm. There was like picnics everywhere, like yeah. umbrellas, like frisbee playing, like kids running around, people like you don't get to see I think it's very much getting into that now where people are really needing to see somebody else and not through a screen 
Mm -hmm. I've seen people do a do drive-bys for birthdays like I've seen that online and it's it's really um it's really interesting to me and I do run a a family coven yeah tell us like what you do what you guys focus on in Connecticut and give us the deets girl (laughs) all the deets well I mean like like Tamara said we both came from the same group in New York City uh where novices was started um so we we had a lot of great learning under our high priestess uh there Courtney Weber and and through (laughs) actually through both uh Tamara's and Courtney's trials and tribulations I've learned more as well in working with my own group because it is a little bit different working with families means that not only am I working for my specific ministry my specific unified coveners but I'm also inadvertently working with their families as well and giving their families support um and support around like with you know with things to do for your children or ways to teach your children in this path that isn't exactly like I'm going to brainwash you into believing that this little wafer is the blood of Christ or mm. the body of Christ kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I was raised Catholic, so yeah, all of that Hello. is still ingrained. But um, one of the ways that we approach it is this is what we teach. This is what we do. We we work with the earth. We work with the stars, the sky, the things that we see that are tangible. When you look at it in that way, and you're able to sort of bring it into like a kind of understanding for a child, it makes the most sense. And and honestly, for myself, when I knew I was sort of becoming pagan, I was eight years old. I had a bad experience with a very Catholic, very diabetic nun mm. who was very mean. And I was like, that's not what God wants. They don't want them to be mean like that. Yeah. My little eight-year-old self was like, I'm just going to enjoy <laughs> the plants and the flowers, and I'm going to sing to the little bugs and the worms and the birds. And, and I basically was like a little pagan um, moving <laughs> forward from there. Um, but I'm sort of trying to help the families who do have children within my group and within my community to connect with them through ritual, through different kinds of rituals than maybe we put on in New York City where we had a much larger amount of people like from so many different um, backgrounds. So we're touching on so many different different things like in an adult way instead of focusing on both how it's affecting us as adults and, and then how that's rippling back with our children or with our families. Yeah. Uh, I could talk on and on. Uh, well, I just I wanted to interject that. and just say excellent job on the ritual that you did through Zoom and all of that. That was oh, a really you. good job. Really good job. Thank you so much. Now, I I was I've been in healthcare too for for quite a few many years. Um, and when I started seeing stuff like this going around, like overseas, I was really nervous already in January. Mm-hmm comes from having an Irish Italian mother who was a worry ward <laughs> and a father who lived through Vietnam with yeah. a lot of PTSD on the back end of that. So it's like, I told them, cause they always were, oh, are you guys okay? Are you doing okay? I'm like, you trained me for this my whole life. I think I got, got the worry on this. 
because I was I was prepping before anybody else was. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem that that rose up within that was that I had to go back out and get more food, <laughs> like as everybody was starting to get really crazy yeah. on making sure they had anything. But but when that started, I was like, I'm not going to make people travel. Uh, my coven maiden happens to live in or happens to work in what was the epicenter yeah. of New York City. Um, her building housed the Department of Health. Um, even at one point, they had a bomb threat on that building because the Department of Health. And so obviously oh she and her husband, who both work in the same space, have been working now from home. But knowing that the possibility of infection was there, I was thinking, let me get Zoom now. Let me get the professional version of Zoom mm-hmm. so I don't have to worry about making our meetings only 40 minutes because that's, even if it's it, on a call, it's not enough. It's not enough. No. You know, it's really not. Yeah. Um, so it was, it only made sense for me to then do all of our meetings and plan out what our OSAR ritual would be. And I thought, we have the glory of technology. We could reach out to all of our novice family across the states and get them involved and you guys were and it was so great even though even though we had some technical difficulties with yeah, getting to hear you in Shem. yeah i don't know what but, happened there but it was it's okay you i know? heard you talking about us though <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was definitely feeling you in there i was like those guys they're making faces at me right now i know it <laughs> Yeah. So with your with your coven, you know what the kind of the topic that I had brought to Lizzie was um, something that I've been mulling over and putting uh, action behind is leaning into your spirituality in times of crisis and where it's not the time to to drop the ball there. Now, I totally understand, you know, in that first week, my focus on was, you know, household, you know, ha- get in the household ready um, and my and my business. And I don't want to mean it. And I don't mean that in like a financial way, but I have a job that I have to be present physically for people. So how am I going to get ahead of this? How am I going to alter and adapt and change this so that I can I can serve those families? Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's time to put your, maybe I described it like tuck chin and brace into the wind instead of turning away. It's, it's real fun to like go to Samhain and dance Maypole at Beltane, if that's what you do, and have a full moon ritual when, you know, there would be people out there to say that everything has not been okay, you know, but it's not been this, right? Like everything has been pretty screwed up, but now it's real screwed up. And this is what we have been training for. Oh yeah. And I brought a concern that I had to you the other day. And I was just like, this is another person that runs a coven and sits in my family. You know, like what are your thoughts here? And you know, everybody that knows me knows that, you know, while I might be a lunatic, I do like to check myself against other people that'll tell me, Tamara, you're being a lunatic, or <laughs> no, like I, I agree. So here's how, this will be my response as opposed to my reaction. So that's why I wanna pull you in and your opinions about 
you know, leaning into spirituality. And then maybe, and I fully understand when this can be our second portion of it, is that maybe someone didn't really have a practice, but is now feeling the pressure to have that. And so how do they start now in a time of crisis? Yeah, well, well, let me focus on that point first, because um, I think it is definitely necessary and, and what we see in times like this, where it's really like we really have not ever lived through this before. Um, some of our older generations are who have either already passed on or are getting close to you know that time. They might have been babies during the last plague that we had that affected on mm-hmm. such a level like this. Um, and living through the depression you sort of already knew what you were dealing with and so you hackled down and you did what you had to do you learned what you had to learn this is a little bit different where we're talking about faith and spirituality where some for some people i think the connection meeting is something higher up to believe in to feel that they have that connection to feel that they are being held and nurtured in some kind of way whether they're pagan or not i know that um it's a very important thing to have and not a lot of people have faith anymore just spanning out across looking at that um the uh the importance of just understanding that you need faith or or want some kind of spirituality that's really the first step if you are feeling a loss or feeling a heaviness on yourself that something doing something spiritual makes you feel better even if it's a meditation every day you feel yourself connect a little bit more to the inner workings that inner hum of your body that connects you with the earth that connects you with every single other person on this planet and that vibration travels like even having that understanding something as little as a vibration or breathing exercises that can be a way for you to start getting into some kind of spirituality if you currently don't have one if you do obviously work with deities like the way obviously most of our listeners do or um or or the way that we do we we know and we trust in the ones that we pledge our work to as priestesses i know that bridget has me I know she does. I've never, I might have pr- thought I doubted her until so she gives me a little slap. You saw it on my face, too. <laughs> but she gives me that look, like, seriously? And I'm thinking, no, you're right. Like, my faith is within that. And as somebody who, like you, has taken the work to that next level, in, in novices of the old ways, we go through votary training, which, um, usually i say usually mm. about three years of heavy duty work and right. it is very heavy duty work three years and more. Uh, for yourself for your community for your mind and and it just it's really something i'm so grateful for because like you said tamara this is what we've been preparing for this is not the time for us to sit back um if you have any way of leadership about you you have any knowledge of anything that brings you comfort share that it might bring somebody else comfort it might not bring everybody comfort it might bring two or three people some comfort but you still made that point if it's 
like you said, it's sometimes, I mean, I have CT, CPTSD and mm-hmm. I have anxiety and depression. And so I take care of that within myself first before I then shift into how, what is it that I'm feeling? What is it that I need and how can I make that or create something on a broader perspective to be able to gift that to my community or my coven when they need it? What things am I finding within my own pain that I can look at as a lesson? And then how do I switch that into a lesson to give my group? So whether they're even thinking that same way, mm-hmm. whether they're dealing with that in that way, this is something that maybe they've done before, but we're like, oh, I don't know. This helps them. Any any of our shared experiences, whether it is a spiritual anchoring or whether it is just something you're doing to help yourself right now, that's what's most important, I think. I agree. Anything you want to add to that? Like, what have you been anchoring yourself in? Uh, I've been meditating and uh, playing a lot of drums. Uh, drums have always gotten me through, and I feel like if you get into it deep enough, you can find another place of spirituality or consciousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the ancients used to connect with deity in the very beginning. So um, I don't think that's something to be overlooked there. So that's what I've been doing. And it's, and it's helped a lot. Yeah. yeah, like you said, that is how you connect. I mean, it could be planting. It could be composting for your upcoming garden. It could be it could be you just throwing things out the window to feed the birds and squirrels because you don't feel like going out there and doing anything. It could be as <laughs> right. as that. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I think it's it's whatever it is you're doing, if you're doing it with some intention, you know what I mean? Um can be really grounding I didn't plan on it the other day um, but we ended up working in the backyard you know in the side yard and turning over the compost bin it was so exciting and then I got the boys out there to like come help you know because I'm not that strong and you're both teenagers and give me a break (laughs) you know but it became like you know what this is going to be a good thing to do and by just you know fingers in the dirt it was really grounding and so uh i've never really been exactly the person that's like everything is witchcraft Mm, you know Mm, i mean have can have a magical tinge to it you know if i want to sprinkle some cinnamon in my coffee in the morning and cinnamon is for love and luck like that's got a little shimmer of magic sure but it's not witchcraft, but, but also, <laughs> it's still you're a witch. right, right. Everything you, you do is witchcraft because you're a witch, <laughs> right? And so it's remembering the the small things that build up into bigger things, of you know doing it with intention, um, yeah. and I think that you know my dad's cousin a couple of weeks ago, I think right before we all went into. Uh, isolation uh, told me that my I guess it would have been my grandfather's mother so he is my grandfather's brother's son 
And he told me that, you know, his grandmother, which then would be my great-grandmother, and when his dad was a child, about nine years old, they, like, left uh, the town they lived in in Italy and went camping for months during the Spanish flu. You know? We, I don't have to be in the woods right now. I'm blessed to have this ability to look at your beautiful face, right? That I can go online and I can scroll and we have things like Zoom and yeah. new, you know, like there's, there's definitely downsides to all those things. I know that. But we have this ability to connect so that hopefully people's mental health can be somewhat saved to a certain degree. I can't imagine what it would feel like to not be able to see, to call my parents at this point. You know what I mean? Whether it be a video yeah. chat or a phone call. And so remembering and utilizing technology um, to help you maintain or manage this, I think is really important. And that's something that I've been doing on the, you know, on, on our end here is, you know, things like a virtual happy hour. It doesn't matter of two people. It's there. It's there for people to like pop into if they feel that they need it, you know, and we'll do it weekly. And, you know, a full moon ritual that was through Zoom, like you did, you know, our, our novices family, Ostara. Um, you know, I thought really, it was really late. And I thought, let's have a book club. You know, like these are, <laughs> I can fill my time with other stuff. But as someone who is in leadership, isn't it my job then? to figure out how to serve and give an opportunity and utilize technology to do that. Whether yeah. people respond to it or not, it's not, that's not my job, but giving the opportunity for it, you know, and if, you know, a lot of, a lot of witches and pagans like to work in a solitary way and that's wonderful. Um, I think that, you know, it's just in those in leadership, or working towards leadership. It's like about, you know, hunkering down and really doing the work now, not just because it was fun before. And sometimes it's never fun, but you know, that's a different topic. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't be in this line of, I don't want to call it work because it's just too, it's another it's like vocation. aspect of who I am. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not an easy thing. Not like any of the things that I've done in my life for work are easy. I mean, like, as you know, I worked with people with mental illness and substance abuse for many years. And, mm -hmm. um, just working in healthcare in general is very, very tough. Um, and you, you work with, um, as a chaplain, well, as a pagan priestess in the, um, in the correction systems, which I think is amazing the work that you are able to do with them when you can. And I know that's really tough right now because it's not like you could go there right. um, and help them. So um, hopefully like the things that we do teach, the people that we reach helps carry them throughout. Or even if one thing that we've said, like in our, our virtual like uh, hangouts or, um, even like a watch party of the Wicker Man, the original Wicker Man, or <laughs> yeah. the page one. Please! That would be fun! You know? And it doesn't have to be serious. Not every group that a pagan leader runs has to be like, 
are you using the correct callings for the elementals? <laughs> You're going to screw that up and they're going to be angry. They're not going to, we're not doing that. We've never done that. Right. But, <laughs> but I think for people as well to know that, I mean, we're the ones that you would be calling on if you, if you have a crisis of faith or of spirituality or even with mental health, like we're not, we're going to be able to help you find a connection with a doctor. If we have that networking ability, a therapist, if we have that networking ability. And I really try to keep my list of things open for that um, because that is very important. I don't pray away mental illness in any way. I pray for ease of it and clarity for the doctors treating me for it. Yeah. But I don't pray it away. I don't believe that that works on a whole level because the body is both mind, body, and spirit. So, like, if we're feeding at least one or two of those things with what we can give to people, the body is going to react. So I I look to that anyway. Mm -hmm. But now I sort of want to have a watch party with, like, the craft or something fun like that. (laughs) Yeah. The possibilities are endless. And I think that's the thing right now is that I think people are slow or tardy to the party seeing that, but I think they're starting to see that now. Like you said, the first week it was more like, okay, I got to hunker down and make sure I have everything I need. Now it's getting to the point where like, we're sort of transitioning into that better adapt. Um, Because I'm not seeing as many people like, losing their minds online or or within my community, I should say too. Um, But I am seeing more people reaching out. And I think that's great. I think that we should use this little thing that we have in our hands that I'm looking at you on my phone or our computers or a tablet, even if you're just a phone call instead of a video call. We're, we're finding out that we're connected in more ways than one that we always were. And then, and then you think, well, why didn't I call my grandparents like this? Or why didn't I call my, mm-hmm. my friends or my cousins across the world like this before? Why did it take a pandemic for me to realize that I could use my phone in the way that it was intended to be used? Right. Right. People I mean, cat videos are totally lines. fun, but right. we're also supposed to talk to people. <laughs> like, and then it's like you're you're basically we're we're rewriting our narratives. Like we have what is, you know, looking at it like in a very broad sense, it's like shadow time. You right. know, the earth sorta has everybody up on a break, on a pause. Yep. Time well, out. Let's look at what we wanna fix. Let's look at what we want to shift in our lives and then put that to work. That's what I that's what I've been giving to my group mm-hmm. personally. And myself, because right. stuff isn't working, you know? And yeah. What better time to focus on how to fix it when we all have a literal break? We can't do nothing else other than, you know, have a have a mocktail or a cocktail in front of our screens. Right. With our friends, you know? Right. I agree. Yeah. It seems like our uh, quarantine situation could be a lot worse. Thinking of your great grandmother, yeah. great great grandmother, great 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 great, 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 great,
So you said a couple months in the woods. Yeah. Probably just her immediate family. Just her, I think. And he said her and her child. So I don't know, and I'd have to ask him if my great grandfather stayed in town and worked. But she took my my grandfather was born here. My great uncle was born in uh, in Italy. Um, I think it might have been outside of Rome. So she like was like we out and went off and camped for months and. You've got to think, like, 1917, 1918. Mm-hmm. We're not working with much. Right. So it's like, to always remember, worse. if you're, you don't have to have a, you know, a great-grandmother who went, you know, left her town and went up to the mountains and, in Abruzzo Mountains, right? And, like, and, and camped. But there's going to be somebody in your ancestral line that lived through something that was difficult and scary you know whether that be a pandemic illness war uh you know for people of color it could be being displaced from from homelands or you know ancestors who might have been born into slavery and so the fact that you're still here you know i've spent a good amount of time with the ancestor altar that I already have and work in looking at that kind of aspect. Hey guys, <laughs> you know, you all lived through World War Two, right? And how difficult that time was, whether you were in Europe or you were here with your family members going to Europe or in Africa or the Pacific, you know, to fight. And so tapping into your ancestors' strength there, they know and have been through this and want us to succeed and be healthy more than, I mean, I'm not gonna say that Hecate doesn't have my back. I know she does, right? Because I've built that relationship before this, right? And like you've built that with with Bridget. Um, More than any God though, I think, or spirit of place is your ancestors that wanna be of assistance. So, you know, I look to her, the, knowing like you did that. Tell me how you, how did you do that, right? Because I'm like, my immediate life has not changed too much with my kids. You know, they're already homeschooled. They did their school online, or we like make it up as we go because we have the freedom to do that. They tried to tell me that it was now, um, uh, you know, voluntary. Whether you know, it's a, it's it's voluntary school now. Give me a break. So their, their life, you know, whereas it's different for other families, now their kids are home, they don't know what to do with them, you know, or have to struggle to figure out how do we do school now. You know, my, that immediate part of my life has not changed much. So I, I, I think, you know, you took your child at nine and was like, we're gonna grab some stuff, we're gonna go camp for who knows how long. So we do have it better than our ancestors did. So tap into that you might not even know their names and you might not even know their story but it doesn't matter they know you they know your story tap into that strength of your line for this and it's helped me yeah that's it's funny that you brought that up i don't know why i didn't say that that's exactly what i brought up at our full moon class like working with our ancestors Mm -hmm. because they did look through this yeah. You know, like like you like you like you, like my family 
lived through a lot of stuff over there and they would retreat to their farm up in the mountains by San Giuseppe Yato, mm-hmm. like up in Palermo, like up above Palermo. Okay. So they, you know, and all the cousins, even when we would visit there, like when I was younger, all the cousins knew how to run everything on that farm, even the little ones. So I, I believe that I love that your grand, great grandmother did yeah. that because it was like, this is how I'm going to save my family. This is what I know. So like, what did her family live through that taught her that and gave her that strength to be able to do that? And then probably also teach your um, grandfather mm-hmm. or great uncle, grandfather. Yeah I, yeah. I don't know if my grandfather went, I'm going to have to ask my, my uncle. Um, but she took yeah. my, yeah, my great uncle with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he probably learned a whole lot of things. And cause when you're that age, as you know, like, you're just like ready to pick up on everything. So mm-hmm. it's like, what are we teaching our kids going through something like this now? What kind of helpful life skills are we doing? It doesn't have to be all about, um, you know, just in general spirituality. I know we're talking about that. It's more, and I know what we're doing here. <laughs> but, but I think it's good to teach kids, you know, like how to respect fire. Yeah how to respect different elements maybe and in, in, in a kind of way of looking at it like and now that we're in a pandemic do you think you could start a fire if you had to right not to cook your food over an open fire like these are things that I mean I have had a lot of family that were in wars mm-hmm. you know and in all different aspects of it my grandmother was a nurse in World War II so a lot of the stuff that she brought into that she's Irish Oh my goodness, was she Irish? So like we had a lot of that stuff when we were little, if we wanted it or not. There was no problems going on. You know, maybe a big old crazy blizzard in the seventies that we had to deal with. Right. I remember that one. That was a winter wonderland. But it's like, okay, I didn't realize we didn't have power for a week. I had no idea. Uh-huh. Because my family had different ways of like teaching us how to like I knew how to work like an oil lamp then. I, my grandfather had like one from working on the New York subways. So we would take his and try to like, my dad would be like, oh, well, let's see, what do you think? Do you think you could make something like this? And it made it into something fun. So we weren't realizing that we were being taught how to survive. We were being taught, oh, this is a fun new science thing that we're gonna do. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. I remember you, we're East Coast girls, so I don't know how it affected Connecticut, but Hurricane Gloria knocked our uh, <laughs> right. It knocked out the power for a good two weeks, if not more. And what my mother did with a fire pit, you know, all we really had to do was go to a friend's house to shower, who had a generator, which was like a big deal back in the eighties, but. Even, you know, when I came home for, well, I was coming home for Samhain and, you know, my brother's child's baptism, but we got, we got nailed by Sandy, you know, and what my mother did with a barbecue, I mean, everyone was like slapping, (laughs) you know, lunch meat together, eating cold. We had, my mother made brownies on a barbecue. I know it. I don't know how. I don't know that I have have gotten that 
talent fully. I don't think I can make brownies on a barbecue, but... You just need good cast iron pans. That's all you need. <laughs> survival skills, man. It's survival skills. Survival, it's survival skills. skills, totally. Yeah. And so, not that I don't want to have electricity, but I know that if I had to reach down deep, I'll figure out how to make them brownies on a barbecue. My Aunt Mary okay. would make pasta. She made pasta and sauce. Uh huh. On the on an outdoor fire pit grill thing. Yeah. You know. This is well. She's from Sicily. She was, she was over here back in the, uh, in the early tens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it was just the funniest thing to me because not it wasn't it wasn't that it was funny. It's funny looking back now because it seems so natural. Like yeah, this is what we do. Yeah. You want pasta? Yeah, we're gonna make we're gonna make pasta. You got the big pot. Metal pinad, you know, like just <laughs> put on the pot, get it all full of water. And you don't think like that now as we're grown and we remember things a little bit differently. And again, that just goes back to we're changing up the narrative. Yeah. Just switch the narrative, like how you're looking at things. Like instead of this is so horrible, I am going crazy in these walls. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you are completely. I'm grateful that I'm in this home and not in the apartment that I had just last year with Nick and I and two cats because that I think we would go crazy yeah but here we have a front porch we have a beautiful side yard we're at the end of a dead end I'm so grateful like we made a we put in and made a fire pit for ourselves and we we ate dinner out the other day we had hot dogs and sauerkraut and like relish and all the good stuff but still like we we ate out (laughs) we had like a good time with our fire pit and nobody was around and it was fabulous Mm-hmm. But also, um, you know, it's just remembering, like, your blood, the blood of your ancestors runs through you. You can pull on their strength. You could ask them for that strength or ask them if you if you can have that kind of connection, either with a divining uh, form of divination. Like, I, I, I am a natural medium, so sometimes I could just sort of meditate and trance into that. Mm-hmm with them even if sometimes I can't understand all of the language they'll show me pictures of what they're trying to explain to me um like I'm watching a weird movie in my head which is so fun Tamara knows me so she knows how hilarious that must be um (laughs) but but you're so right you know like they they know this stuff they want to help like they're they want their line to continue to survive Mm -hmm. you know that's sort yeah. of the whole point. And I think, I think remembering that you have to ask, you know what I mean? I feel like, yes, when maybe a, a dramatic thing might occur or there's a, a an accident and they can step in and help you. But I think the asking makes it more powerful and, you know, giving little gifts that you can, whether it be a, you know, a glass of water, um, you know, on, on a ancestor altar if you have any pictures or maybe it's just a simple spot with a white candle and a glass of water or a place that you rest a cup of coffee yeah in the morning if you're making it yourself make a cup of coffee for your ancestors and put it out there you know maybe occasionally give some wine but obviously not all our ancestors were good with alcohol or doesn't like it (laughs) you know maybe don't offer that up you know a nice (laughs) stick of incense could be very cool and something that i do for mine too is I say, 
the Catholic prayers because they would yeah. like it. You know, I don't have a problem saying our Father and a Hail Mary. That's yeah. going to make them happy. They're going to, I would love, when I become a, you know, an ancestor, you know, read me the Orphic Hymn to Hecate. I'm going to be rolling around like oh. a cat in catnip. But, sure will. you know, maybe not. <laughs> well, I might get a little kick out of a Hail Mary, but give them the things that they would, um, would enjoy and then, and tell them what you, what you need. And especially if it's skills, inspire, you know, there's that funny meme of, you know, this is how much garlic you use, you know, that, that meme with the, you know, that, that's it, my child, you know, like that's, it's funny, but it's true. So it is so true. It is so true. Especially when you have an Irish grandmother who's saying over your head, that's not how I make it. I'm like, I know grandma, I want it to be edible. And I mean, you know, with the love and effect, you know, but then she laughs and cackles. But I mean, that woman, she could burn pasta. I'm honestly just depressed. I thought up to the age of 14, 14, that the hamburgers that she made were just called hockey pucks. I knew that Burger King sold burgers and hamburgers. But until, I mean, 14 years old, we were just like, oh, grandma's making hockey pucks. Awesome. That's how she would cook. All right. <laughs> So yeah, that's, I hear a lot of back talk on the other end when I'm trying to make something that she would make. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Her meatloaf was great though. It kept getting better every time, but she made that for my father. She loved my daddy. Nice. <laughs> and that's, it, that was her, that was her son-in-law. Right. She loved Italian men. What can I say? Well. <laughs> she married a Calabrese, you know, so. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah it's really um you know, just just doing that too just remembering that you do have connections yeah. I think that's the most important thing like you said going back like the intent the connection that we already have that we're keeping up and just being open to anything being that connection and and not discounting anything that you already do that you think, oh, well, it's not like, you don't need to cast a circle to be no. spiritual. One. Now, I know that Braxis has amazing skills with meditation. Like, I can't even tell you how much, like, we're, we don't really realize how much you can connect. Like, he has such a wonderful way of, of utilizing meditation and music and that beat that drum because that's mm. just who he is but using that like I was connecting with people that weren't even in the same room let alone the same state and and you have such an amazing powerful way of, of doing that work that I would love it if you had a Patreon that you could have people you know pay you for like having these amazing meditative journeys like i would totally pay for that praxis i would pay for that well thank you for saying so i i super duper appreciate it she's giving you the eyeballs and no one can see this but see those oh, are the sicilian mom yeah. eyeballs that she would hit you with a wooden spoon if you don't get to it yeah so i'm gonna, I'm gonna give to you it. a scoop alone i'm gonna show the hand for tamra because i know she knows um but seriously, um, because 
not a lot of people do meditations. They really don't. They don't know how. They don't trust themselves as much. And I think you have just such a perfect voice and you have an amazing mind for seeing the meditation as you're doing it. I am so certain that most of the things that you do are just sort of off the top of your dome and because you're seeing it. And there's not a lot of people who could do that despite what you might think. There's not a lot of people who could do that. And I, I would love to see a Patreon for this. I'm just saying. So I'm get just on it, Praxis. Uh, I guess I got some work this ahead of myself. Go. <laughs> I don't want to upset the witches, man. I don't want to upset the witches. <laughs> that's, that's probably very wise, especially Italian ones. Exactly. Italian, yes, German, so and Irish really ones. You really don't want to mess with the Italian or Sicilian ones. Well, I really appreciate no you saying that. From that. That means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you for being here with us, Lizzie. I super, super appreciate it. If there's any, like, um, any resources that you want me to add to the show notes, I totally can. You know, and I'm going to publicly give you props for what you've been doing with your personal Facebook page. You know, we had our priestess call last week, and I know I mentioned it there, but, you know, the, the, if you're using Facebook as a platform and you look at your memories, you know, like it, I, I like to scroll through mine usually on a daily basis and find funny stuff that my kids said in the past, but you know, <laughs> consider it, it. I thought the other day about how these memories next time this year, like this year, next year, looking back on this, what do we want to remember? And to try to like really cultivate your social media pages. I'm not saying like make it all roses and like kittens. Roses and kittens are great. You know, I mean, but kittens put, are good too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hello. But think about, you know, if it's just all the, the negative aspects that you're sharing right now. And I, I really appreciate that when I jump on there and you're one of the first people that I always see because I marked you that way, Aww. that I can see something Aww. that makes me smile and be like, oh my gosh, there's a Bram Stoker's Dracula's Castle tour? What? So. Right? Uh, yeah, I got on there today and saw a post about free stuff for D&D. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, thank you. Yeah. So you're doing a good thing that way. You really, really are. We're doing the God's work. Mm. You know. You know. <laughs> no, and it's so great because when you when you look at all those things, like... There's so much out there that people are adapting to make it available, not only for people who used to be able to afford to do that, but anybody who can have an internet connection. Yeah. And and even for, for some people who, who live, you know, obviously, who, who live in, in the United States, um, not everybody has internet availability. I don't know if that's changed due to this pandemic. Mm. I think it has. I think in some states they've they've switched it up so that children can learn. Yeah. Um, while they're not in school, but I'm hoping that all of these things, like these kids, are able to see opera, Broadway plays, um, museums they might not have ever been able to go to. Even if a lot of museums are like, you know, donation entering, like this is so important. There's never been anything like this, and I love that, and that makes me have some hope because. 
there's a lot of days where I am miserable. There's a lot of days that I don't get up and shower right away or maybe that whole day. Yeah. Um, or, you know, get out of pajamas. But I sure as heck want to make sure that what I'm putting out there, like you said, with intention, is mm-hmm. something to make somebody else smile. Because if I've done that, like, I, I saw Braxis's response, like, hell. Because, like, we do Roll20 <laughs> for our D&D games. And sometimes it's so tough, like, connecting in that way, too. Like you were saying earlier in the podcast, like, not having that in person. Mm-hmm. But these things are so great. And I'm so excited about everything that is out there that hopefully more people are able to be connecting on such an awesome level. Like, just just the free concerts that are yeah. going on. I hope that society learns something from this free uh-huh. thing. That we all get connected. I would like to think that. We all have a, a, a much higher <laughs> vibration because we're happy, which affects everybody to be happier. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and everybody's not bogged down with, you know, if you want to work at home, then work at home. You know, let's stop right. doing this stupid thing where everybody's driving two hours to get to a thing that right. you could be doing at home. So I hope society really takes a, a lesson from this as well as individuals. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. If these people can work at home in a pandemic and still get stuff done, right. that's really saying something. If you can you can work under that kind of duress and stress, then I think you can sort of do that every other day of the year. Yeah, yeah. If you want to. And what kind that's of awesome. that environmental benefits are we going to have from this? You know what I mean? From right. from maybe switching that up. And everybody, you know, now everybody's like, you because you shouldn't be going out. And restaurants are shuttered. And, and you know, um, music venues are shuttered. Remember this when they wait, when they open up again, kids. Because going out to go see some art in the form of live music is really yeah. important. And I'm not just talking about when the big name band rolls into like Madison Square Garden or wherever, but like the actual artists who are going online and doing free concerts and, you know, giving you something to look at other than mainstream news. Remember that when they get back out there in the bar. And live in your town. Right. And live in your town. I was just going to say, I have a lot of friends who are in local bands and a lot of them have been posting like songs um just that they're playing in their basement or in mm-hmm. their living room um there's there's a couple of friends over here um uh becky mendoza and john dotson um they they're both in separate bands and they're both in a band together i think called frank and the beans which is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> they're just so great but every they were they were posting like a song or two like every week and I just thought that was so cool mm-hmm. and they're just like having fun with it and there's a lot of my friends who are in local bands <clears throat> that are suffering because they're not getting that income like they're used to right right so definitely go out and support your local bands absolutely this yeah. is especially those go. ones that are giving you original music I'm not gonna super uh, no I am I'm gonna I'm gonna knock a little bit cover bands I mean if Okay, like I get why people want to have them in their bar because everybody knows it, but the art that's there of a of a band that's giving original music, support that just as much as you'd support the guy that's gonna play Little 
pink houses and you know yeah their version of lady gaga you know when or they say hysteria, you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw your head whip around. <laughs> What are you gonna say, uh, When they say support <laughs> local business, just remember that all these artists are—that's their business. Just because they don't have a store with a big front on the su- on the front of it, you uh-huh. know, a sign that says this or whatever, they are adding to the community and the you know upbringing and the higher consciousness of the community. So just remember that when they say local business, that also means artists, man, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. you know, that's that's right here with me, too, I can tell you. I mean, I'm I'm a small business as right. a massage therapist. Absolutely. Sure. It's, it's the longest I've not touched one of my patients. Yeah, I was thinking about that. that. Kind of a way. No, yeah. it's it's actually, it's a really weird. I've had a, I've, I've cut my nails, like, still, because it's weird when they get a little bit long. I know you can't really see, mm-hmm. but they're pretty long for me. And they, you could hardly see the white on them, but it feels so wrong not to be doing that work. And as a person who does facilitate a lot of healing on my day to day, whether it's like the work I do as a high priestess, the work I do in our natural wellness office, or as a massage therapist, like it's, it's really, it's really sad. Um, for me to not have that connection in that way. But also it's like, okay, Liz, now you have the time to sit and take care of yourself. Yeah. And I haven't really been doing that, but I've also not been shaming myself or judging myself for that either. That's very so important I'm, too. You know? Yeah. This yeah. is a process. It's absolutely, I think a process. I feel like myself starting to acclimate to this new normal of now and who knows how long that normal lasts like this way. Um, but everybody's going to have a different, you know, we don't have to all get there together. And if it takes you another week or two to feel like you can get off the couch, that's okay. You know, I feel like, you know, here's my little inner anarchist, the shaming of yourself for feeling like I'm not getting up and being productive today is capitalism. You know, that we always have to be doing, 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 and I am... Um, raising my hand saying I do that to myself even before this on a daily basis you know was I productive enough today did we get enough done today did I work hard enough today that might also be because I'm also double Capricorn plus growing up under capitalism but you know if I just like laid around and and the boys and I I don't know baked some bread right now (laughs) it's I'm learning a different way to kind of look at productivity too so and it's not a competition it's not right. it's not it's yeah. not that's capitalism right it's capitalism. exactly gross no I mean, you're, you're so right you're both so right it's it's um it's years and generations of like mind washing like brainwashing literally Absolutely. to be to be this way to think that you're not good enough if you're not out there doing everything you can to make that mighty dollar, it's like, whoa, you know, now that we've, that we're on a pause, literally we're just paused. Look at that now. What does that show you? Yeah. I mean, I think we're doing okay on a pause in that sense of it. Um, 
because what I'm what I am seeing now, and and mainly too, because I'm also a part of that, is that there's a lot of neighbors and friends, not bartering, but sort of you know, oh here you have you have soap that you can share with me. Like, what is it that you said? Oh, do you you needed an onion and something else? Here yeah. I have that. So like we're we're actually like doing a lot of give and take, um, more than I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like there's another priestess, um, she she's within the Druid Fellowship. Um, she's a priestess of Bridget as well. She's just baking her little heart out, and she said if anybody wants any, send me a tin and I will mail it back to you with cookies or brownies or whatever. And I'm thinking, hey, yeah, I want that. <laughs> And we also have to be like, do I want it bad enough to go to the post office? Right. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. And I'm so sad because I really want those things because she makes some good, yummy looking baked items. So yeah. I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to bake my own stuff here and mm-hmm. switch that out for other things. That Like, my friend got the, a delivery of Murray's cheese for people who are in New York and the Tri-State area. Murray's cheese does deliver actually they might deliver to you Tamara. oh my um she's yeah she spent money on this cheese and she's like i don't think i'm gonna get all this and of course i opened up some of the softer stuff that'll go quicker why don't i bring that over for you guys and i also have the soap so i had made my i made scottish shortbread with my irish Kerrygold butter because that's how i roll here in this house so i gave her like some of my shortbread cookies she couldn't even get halfway home before she ate them almost all. And she's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Anytime you want to barter again. She's getting another Murray's cheese selection coming in. And I'm like, i got to make something for this girl. But I also brought her bananas. And she's going to bring me there you go. banana bread with chocolate chips. So it's like, I think we're going to see a lot more of that, I hope, anyway. Because that will, that will help us to get a little bit further away from that mindset of, we must be doing this or else we're not good enough. We're not, um, you know, it's like, why, why do we have to, to sort of talk ourselves into justifying a vacation? Right. Why? Why are we working eight hours a day, five days a week? You know, Mm -hmm. just seems wrong. And I hope that's a lesson that we get out of this of what really is important is our well-being and everybody, you know, thinking as a, a group, uh, a mind, a hive mind, you know, that a big family would be a lot better than this competitive bullshit that's right. going on, mm-hmm. which leaves a lot of fucking people behind. Mm-hmm. And that ain't co. That ain't church. It's not church. And focusing on your community and figuring out where the needs are in your community Um, It would be a whole other conversation if I opened my mouth about what I think is coming for us politically. And so we're not going to go there right now. Um, But, you know, just look around your your space, you know, look around your town. Find the people that are the helpers and figure out how you can help. Because while the overarching thing may go real bad... This is a lesson of how can people... I, there's one group. It's like a Putnam County COVID-19 helping page. 
I can't even like get a word in edgewise to help because there's always like 50 comments to everyone's taken care of by the time I I find it. That's awesome. Yeah. That don't stop doing that even when the masks can come off and we can go back to the restaurant. That's like that's the important thing to take away from it. I really hope that people continue to be engaged in that way because I'm telling you, I don't think it, it again, I'm going to zip it. I'm going to zip it. I think that we're going to need to remember those skills as we go forward. And that's all I'm going to say about that right now. <laughs> I wish you could see her face. <laughs> I felt like I might be getting flush. So just zip it. Well, Lizzie, I really, really appreciate your taking time. I see you. I see you. Um, to chat with us about how you're doing the good work over there and leaning in. Absolutely. Really good to see your face, too. I know. Buddy. I know. I miss you both so much. I want to, like, you too. hug you really hard. So if you feel very uncomfortably claustrophobic for a minute, that's me hugging you. Okay. <laughs> I think we both know what that feels like. Right. <laughs> you do. It's, I mean, usually I'm picking you up and trying to take you back home with me when I hug you. Yes, absolutely. Like, come back home. I know. We'll make it happen. I think it's a, a really good thing to remember to eat, drink, and be merry. Yes. Right now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Reverence and mother effing mirth. You know it. You can say fucking around here. <laughs> I know. I just hear my grandmother in my head. You guys are talking about ancestors, and now she's, like, watching me. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid I curse on the air. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh, but I appreciate this, and I, I really look forward to your podcast, and because it, it is just like having you in my house with me, and I really, I really love you guys. I love you too. Love you too. So much for, for the work you both do, because it really is definitely necessary, definitely where you're at, and just in general. Thank you. Ditto. She is. Absolutely. Much love to her very much. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that uh, we were able to talk to her. Me too. Utilize your technology. And she seems in high spirits, which is good. Right. You know. I don't. It was super good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. And Eat, drink, drink and, and be, be merry.
Hey y'all, last but not least, here's that treat I mentioned earlier. If you're looking for something to listen to while social distancing and you like audiobooks and get down with Vikings, here's the beginning of chapter one of The Hooves of Isle Bane. The first five chapters of this are available at metalhorse.band. shoreline. Just as he was exiting the burning remains of the village, a group of six burly men had now returned from a hunt. They met on the sand, their eyes fuming with hatred. Fingar knew he would have to deal with the situation at hand before escaping. The closest hunter came charging, his voice raging with a feral scream. In one motion, the Norseman threw his crates and shield to the sand and pulled a dagger from a nearby dismembered corpse. The avenging huntsman approached with weapon held high as Fingar slung the blade between his vocal cords. His roar was quieted. The Norseman smirked the last gurgling sounds made from his enemy. A sword was then swung from his left flank that he was barely able to avoid. By using the swordman's momentum, Fingar spun the new opponent further around and managed to land a thumb deep in his eye. Blood splattered both their faces as he dug it deeper into the socket. The hunter was quite distracted at this point. Fingar then gripped the tip of the sword and landed it under the man's chin. Kicking the opposer's feet out from under him, he brought the enemy down with a thud, and his own blade slid up through his brain. The body fell to a crumpled heap as the huntsman's life spilled out onto the sand. The remaining four men began an attempt to encircle the frenzied pillager. Finally, keeping one hand outstretched as to keep his adversaries at bay somehow, Fingar unsheathed his axe from his back. As his hand wrapped the handle, he remembered his father in a cherished childhood memory of bestowing him the blade. Then the melancholy face of his mother on her deathbed. His fingers squeezed hard and his heart pounded in his head. These men were about to answer for all of that and much more. My father! Oh, father! Oh, father! He screamed to the sky, spitting blood like a rabid beast. At that moment, the thunder boomed. Lightning struck and it began to rain hard. In a mere second, they were soaked. The Norseman stood with axe in hand, his wet hair blanketing his shoulders, his breath heaving. Blood slid from a single nostril. Lightning struck, flashing a glimpse of fear and fury on foreign land. Surrounded now, the men became more brave. Their eyes darted back and forth from each other and their opponent, trying to devise the next attack. Just a few more, he said to himself. The axe wielder wasn't about to give them time to regroup and begin working together. He turned his ankle and rose to swing his weapon at the smallest of the hunters, 
causing his intended target to pace forward so to connect with a stout block. Another foe took the opportunity to attack from behind, but Fingar's action was a bluff, and just as the blade was swung at his back, he dropped to his knees. The rain was sliced by the hunter's sword as it trimmed the hairs of Fingar's head. A hit and a miss. The sharp tip ran the width of the other man's belly, pouring its contents out at his feet and barely missing the Norseman. The wounded man began rifling through his own entrails as to somehow get them back inside, wailing and agony. Fingar now rose for a mighty uppercut with his axe. The upward motion and the hammered steel split his foe's face in two, ending his disgusting torture. Fingar then used the inertia to spin round and bring the axe back down on the far leg of the now unprepared assailant. The hunter was off balance and seeing the Norseman's trickery tried to swing back in a blocking fashion. Too late. Steel chopped his leg off at the knee. A shriek rose from his lungs above the pounding rain. Sand, water, and blood became a mixture of hate, anguish, and suffering. At that moment, the last of the marauders came funneling out of the village towards their ships. Fingar looked back at the sounds of hooting and howling to see his precious crates being trampled. These huntsmen, who had recently turned less brave, were not the reason he came here today. Taking a look back and seeing that one man was running away and the other in mid-decision to do the same, he decided to save his treasure instead of snuffing out their lives. The Norseman bolted towards his prized boxes and broke way through the mob. He stepped over bodies of both friend and foe. As he neared the water's edge, clutching his treasures and retrieving his shield, Fingar was attacked from behind. It seemed that the more courageous of the two huntsmen had a sudden fit of courage. The brave foreigner landed his axe in the side of the raider's shield, just missing his upper spine. Into the sea they both trotted, splashing and hacking at one another. A speeding arrow caught the hunter in his shoulder as he was flung under the water. Fingar held him down in the liquid with all of his strength, holding him there, waiting for his enemy to cease moving. His eyes were drawn to his ship. At the front stood Thorothki, lowering his bow. The two men met eyes. Fingar gave a faint nod down the shoreline to the high-tailing escapee. Thorothki squinted his brow and sprung into action. A bow was pulled, an arrow was launched, and a coward lost his life on the banks of his homeland. Find the next five chapters of the story at metalhorse.band. If you're enjoying the Hoof and Horn podcast, please be sure to follow us wherever you listen and like us on Facebook and Instagram. For less than a cup of coffee, you can also support this podcast at our Anchor FM home. If you have topics you would like to see us cover, email us at hoof.horn.podcast at gmail.com or message us through either of our social media profiles. Until next time.